you're listening to 2XXFM 98.3, Canberra's iconic and independent community radio station. The program is Subject ACT, where we delve into local current affairs from an informed and curious gaze. My name is Becca Posterino. I'm the executive producer and presenter of Monday's edition of Subject ACT. Welcome to the program. Today, we further explore the issue of bullying, particularly in schools. We take a slightly different angle, exploring the cultural and social elements of bullying. I spoke to writer, performer and director Fiona Scott-Norman about her book, Bully for Them, where 22 of Australia's most talented and successful people know exactly what it's like. In candid and entertaining interviews, leading lights from across Australian life recount how they were bullied and shunned at school just for being different. Not only did they survive the ordeal, but their experiences helped shape them into the remarkable individuals they are today. Fiona's personal experience of bullying at school, as she says, gave her an insight and a fast track to empathy, qualities that have shaped her into the unique and successful person she is today. We hear music from contributors of the book, Missy Higgins and Eddie Perfect, and an excerpt from the book from Missy Higgins' experience. Stay with us now for my conversation with writer, performer and director Fiona Scott-Norman on 2XXFM 98.3. The program is Subject ACT, exploring local current affairs from an independent and curious gaze. I'm Becca Postorino. Welcome to the program, Fiona. Thank you very much for having me. Delighted. Thanks for joining us. What inspired you to write this book? Well, the book idea came from... Essentially, I was had a terrible time at school. I was very unpopular, so it meant that being bullied is something that I'm quite conscious of. But then it occurred to me... My This is the second edition of the book, Bully for Them. The first version uh, was called Don't Peak at High School. Don't and peak at high school. Don't peak at high school, mm. yes. And I thought that, it sort of occurred to me that I lead a very interesting life mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have if I'd fitted in at school. Uh, I didn't get to go down the you know the, the normal path to fit into the mainstream and as a result I do a lot of different things and I always have. And so I thought, oh, it's a bit of a silver lining there, you know, mm. and maybe it's not great if you peak at high school, like if yes. you are really good at high Such school. Such a great title. Yeah. Thank you. I liked it. Um, <laughs> I like and, it too. <laughs> and it did really well. So my publisher asked me to expand on it and then they repackaged it and called it Bully for Them. It's a really great, sort of like great project and lots mm. of people bought it and um, had lots of really good feedback about it. And my theory was kind of borne out, which is that the interesting people, uh, people who often go on in the world after school to succeed, have learnt lessons of resilience or just going their own way, which end up being very useful when you're out in the world. What was it like for you to be bullied at school? You certainly don't have to share your personal experiences, but on a day-to-day basis to feel like you don't fit in, um, to to, to sort of inhabit a person that you believe to be more and that can't be seen to be more but is confined to this context known as school. What what does that feel like on a day-to-day basis? My experience of it was very lonely, Mm. um, I suppose. I also, I'm an only child too Mm. and I got sent to boarding school when I was 11 and uh, I had no peer-to-peer skills. I was really great with adults, you know, I was smart but also a very sensitive child. Yeah. And essentially, I just didn't know how to deal with people my own age at all. And I was a bit of a weirdo, you know, really. I I grew up reading. I read and read and read. And I was a bit smart-ass, probably. (laughs) And I just 
wasn't good at school, like it was people. <laughs> and so I got ostracized and uh, I've sort of also realized that essentially I think with schools, unless it's mediated, you know, you've got a huge volume of growing young people who've got no idea and they're just trying to find a way. Yeah. And essentially a hierarchy forms and someone has to be at the bottom. And so there's a place that exists and it needs to be filled. Someone needs to be the scapegoat and it just happened to be me at my school. But it could have been anyone. I mean, it, it just... You know, and once you're there, you know, there's the popular kids, there's the middle kids, there's the nerdy kids, and there's mm. the kids that no one likes. And there needs to be people who aren't popular. Why do you think there needs to be people that aren't popular? Oh, it's just the rules. It's just how it goes. It's like, do you, do you ever own chickens? Yes. Well, there's a pecking order, right? Yes. So unless you're actually trained out of that stuff, unless, you know, there's actually rules in place that stop that happening, I think that's just the natural flow. Mm. That's actually how people relate to each other, mm. you know, social hierarchy. And certainly, you know, back when I was a schoolgirl, I mean, I went to a mixed boarding school, but there were no, you know, you were just you were just thrown into it. I mean, there was no mediation at all. And in fact, being bullied was just normal. That was part of, oh, well, I certainly never thought that anyone was ever going to intervene on my behalf or mm. that. You know, it was up to anyone but me to find my way out of it. Mm. So I ended up using humour. That was my way of dealing yes. with it and making myself more popular. Did, did humour help? Oh, yeah, of course. If you make people laugh, then they like you. Yes. And it also provides a persona for you. Mm. It also made me cleverer. Because I was, you know, wordplay was my thing. Mm -hmm. But humor is a great way. I mean, a lot of people that I talked to in the book were comedians or are comedians. Mm. Um, uh, Judith Lucy, Tim Ferguson, mm. Wendy Palmer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Charlie yeah. Pickering, Eddie Perfect, yes. Paul Capsis as a as a cabaret performer. I mean, I could have easily done the entire book about comedians. Yes. Because we're what the people who end comedians? up, you know. Well, people who end up using humour as a tool tend to be people who aren't physically strong or good at sport or, mm. you know, they're the outliers anyway. It's often people who don't fit in. And you think that's why they've chosen comedy as a as a way to, I guess, process the world and reflect yeah. the behaviours of the world back at the world? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, of course, that's um, it's a great lens. Yes. Uh, and it's a great way of protecting yourself too. I mean, when you get older and more evolved, I think it's important to not keep using it as a shield. It's mm. really easy to do that. Mm. But it can also just be a great way of opening people up so that they can receive a message or, or or helping people get... I mean, I'm great at conflict resolution because <laughs> I can go in and go, hey, what are you doing, guys? Come on, relax. <laughs> you know, what are we really upset about? Yes. You know, that's something that works too. So in the book, what is the ultimate question that you're asking of each of your contributors? What was that underlying motivator for you to write the book? Well, I mean, what it, what it was ultimately about was, like I said, don't peak at high school. So if you're at school and you're having a tough time, that's okay. And I think that that's what I wanted to get across. It's like it doesn't matter because when we're at school, we think that it's the be-all and end-all, like of being popular or that, you know, we want people to like us or we need to fit in and we want to be the same as everyone else. But I just asked all of the people I interviewed to consider how big an impact did not fitting in have mm. on their future lives, their careers, and all of them, and even people who've been treated horribly, you know, tortured even at school. Mm, like tortured. Paul, oh yeah, absolutely, like Paul Capsis was, Adam Boland was. 
even the people who had a really, really terrible time said that they wouldn't change anything because the things that they sort of got from it or who they ended up being as a result of that was worth it. And it's not to say that bullying is a great self-development program or that we shouldn't try and minimise it. But if you are in that place, it is okay mm. because school doesn't last forever. It's not your destiny. Yes. And actually not fitting in can be a real value add because mm. not everyone does fit in and it's okay to not fit in. And I think that's all I really wanted the book to be at the end mm. was to let people know that it's okay if you're bad at school, mm. if people don't like you at school or if you don't find a place at school, that's completely normal, completely fine and completely valid and you'll find a place when you leave school. I think you've so done that well from what I've read. The following is an extract from the book Bully for Them. Missy Higgins, the prolific songwriter and artist, shares her experiences of bullying at boarding school. Then I went to boarding school in Geelong in Year 8. On the one hand, I loved it. But again, there were some pretty hardcore girls. I was toughening my skin by that age, but there were a few times I was definitely bullied. There was one girl who'd pick on someone randomly and put her entire energy into it. She was a powerful girl, sly, secretive and manipulative, and there was no standing up to her. I got picked on for a while. She always got someone else to do her evil errands. She had this little slave girl who did everything and she got her slave to break into my sports locker and get my undies, which had my name tag on them, and put soy sauce on them so it looked like dried blood. Then she put my undies on the end of a stick, took them around to the boys' house and showed them off. Look, Missy had her period. It's so gross. Look at the blood. That burned an indelible image on my mind. It was so harsh. It really threw me. I felt like I'd been betrayed and humiliated for something that was a complete lie. Of course I was far too embarrassed to go to the boys' house and say, It's not true. It was awful. I just wanted to go home or stay in bed and never come out again. For quite a while the boys would snigger when they passed me. Kids love stringing things out when they happen to other people. That feeling of humiliation and betrayal lasted for ages, as it does when you're at school because it's your entire world, and what other people think of you is so important. Luckily, I had a couple of friends who knew what really happened, but you still feel isolated. I put a lot of time into avoiding that girl. I didn't want to be chosen again. It's really interesting how she has become this person of ultimate expression and so bearing her vulnerabilities and so open about who she is, yet that was her experience for an intense and important period of her life. And I guess that's a great message to sort of draw is that it is just a period in time and it isn't definitive of who we are. It is an experience that actually teaches us so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what it does do is it teaches you empathy. So you kind of get a fast track to that sort of stuff. So if you're not, Yeah, if you're unpopular and, and treated badly, then you get to understand what it's like to be in that situation. So it means that you're less likely to go obliviously into the rest of your life. So in that sense, you get a lot of emotional intelligence out of it.
He was carried from the ward by a soldier And the picture screams a thousand different words He was running from the terror with his father Who once believed that nothing could be worse So he'd handed a man two thousand precious dollars The body of Elan being laid upon the side 
was the soulful track O Canada by Missy Higgins. And before that, I spoke to writer, performer and director Fiona Scott-Norman about her book Bully for Them, where 22 prominent and successful Australians share their experiences with bullying and how it shaped them as successful individuals. Stay with us now for more of my conversation with Fiona Scott-Norman and music from Eddie Perfect. You're listening to 2XXFM 98.3 on Local Current Affairs Programme, Subject ACT. Was that a common theme from a lot of the, the interviews that you conducted with for your book? Was that something that they shared as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I mean, a lot of the, most of the people in the book are creatives. I mean, that was my, very much my emphasis, one, because I am, but also, yes. two, I thought that that was likely, that it was likely, a likely, what the creative people found mm. was that it's actually given them sort of a depth of material and a depth of understanding, which allows them to create. It's like Kate Miller Heideke, you know, said, she said, I'm pretty sure that if I hadn't gone through all this stuff, I wouldn't have had anything to write about. So true. It's fodder and material Mm. well and also an understanding that there is a dark side yes that not everything peaks as you say because where where can you go from high school if if that is your penultimate place you know where there's always going to be that descent into other emotions or other other experiences if you have this experience of school being idyllic it can be quite a shock to the real world yeah I remember uh, Eddie Perfect, his, his his experience that he was talking about how there was a farewell, you know, the farewell assembly one year that the head boy was up yes. there talking about how he was going to have to, you know, leave and he couldn't believe it because school was the, was the best thing that had ever happened to him and he loved it and he didn't want to leave and was crying. <laughs> and Eddie was sitting there just going, I can't wait to be out of here. So we'll finish tonight with Eddie Perfect's musical interpretation of our year, a sort of anthem to Q&A. Until 2012, good night. of discourse is taken away without Q&A. No more politicians bleating, no more endless frickin' tweeting, no more Chris Pine on the guest list. He's annoying, fine, we get it. No more right-wing Christian lobbyists who presume to know what God thinks. No more faceless backbench bastards No more token singing artists (laughs) How will we fill the deafening silence When the noise just goes away We'll be like a million aimless moths Once the porch light gets turned off Oh, what a waste Of a hip flask of maize with no cue
Yes, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to feel that way at school. It doesn't mean that you don't like learning. It doesn't mean that you don't like evolving. It just means that you don't like the context. Well, look, school's something that happens to you anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's like prison for children. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't get out. You've got no choices there. Constant surveillance. Yeah, yeah, right. I think there's this idea that if you're not popular at school there's something wrong with you mm. and I think that that's a bit of a dominant message like you're you know unless you're one of those people that people want to be around then you're faulty in some way mm. and I guess that I really do just want to say it's fine mm. like if, if you don't get on with people at school it's mm. fine like mm. there's nothing wrong it just means that you haven't found your peeps mm. and at that age you might not even know who your peeps are right mm. and if you don't fit in it probably means it's because you're weird, creative, sensitive, unusual, too smart, or just a bit, you know, you're going through some stuff. And what passes for being someone that people want to hang out with at school generally means you're popular. And popular doesn't mean nice. Popular doesn't mean you have any good characteristics at all. It just means that you're probably lucky to have been born looking a certain way Mm. and you might be a bit of a bitch. That's what popular is. It can often be that way in school. It's ruthlessness. Yes. What of the bullying? That that is the the topic of your book, and it can be quite destructive. It it doesn't have to define you, but bullying itself, without, as you said, the mediation from teachers or authorities. Do you think bullying needs to change the way it is managed in schools? Do you think that needs to change? Well, I think it already has. I think it's really important to not pathologize bullying Mm. because. We're all bullies. It's natural. Bullies aren't just some kind of separate species that we need to <laughs> deal with. They're just they're just people who are dealing with what's going on in their world in their way. So if kids are bullying, it's because they've learnt it at home or from listening to Parliament Question Time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's behaviour that's rife throughout our culture. So well, it's trying to everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so expecting it to change because and address it just through children is is ridiculous it's not going to happen we need to have a whole cultural shift about what's appropriate behavior it's a trickle down thing right yeah and also someone's you know i did talk to some of my friends before i sort of settled you know when i was trying to find out people find trying to find people who've been bullied and one of my friends said that um she said oh no i was a bully and i went oh were you really and she went oh yes i was awful Yes. And I was terrible. She said, but, you know, I was being abused and that was how I mm. coped. And you go, yeah, right? You know, that's the import- That's the thing yes. too. Is to know that the behaviour is actually a result of something that's going it's, on. Yeah, it's behaviour. It's mm. not the person. Yeah. You know, really you know, I'm sure there's, yeah, and it's like, a, you know, there's probably lots of kids who are getting smacked around at home. You know, they're just acting out too. Mm. It's the parents, you know, address how you talk to each other if mm. you want your kid not to be a bully. Do you put your partner down? Mm. You know, do you shout? Do you think it's okay to behave a certain way? Yeah. Because if you are, then your kid's going to pick that up. If it is a cultural thing that we need to change, where does it need to begin? As you said, Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's 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 like the theatre of anger when you question time is, is not civil by any means. No, no. It's the most everyone, uncivilised everyone. and entitled uncivilised behaviour that mm. just happens to have the, you know, the, the most yeah, impact everyone. on our cultural lives, Absolutely. I guess. Everyone's trying to put everyone down. There's shouting, there's jeering, no one respects anyone's point of view, it's unfair. It's like it's exactly like school, really. It's the worst of school. I think that the 
probably the main thing that we can do to address stuff like bullying sincerely is just to keep working on removing the sense of other people being different to us because it's all about being other. You know, like children used to be bullied a lot because they were from different races or, you know, they were fat or they were gay Mm. or, you know, any of these reasons. And so, I mean, something that I really noticed through the trajectory of the ages of the people I interviewed is that gay people had are having an easier time. Like in the seventies, it was brutal. Mm. In the in the sort of like the nineties, it was a lot better. You know, so even if there was a fear, like Ben Law, who I interviewed, he wasn't mm. afraid of. He was just a, he just covered up the fact that he was gay because he didn't want to deal with it. Whereas older gay men that I interviewed were, you know, like absolutely beaten up and. Mm chased and tortured and tormented like Paul Capsis you know I recommend having a look at his story because it's just you know it's just awful but that's what that was the reality back then it's important to remember that there has actually been a lot of positive movement Mm. it's like there's so much awareness around it now it's not okay to bully anymore even if people do then at least they can point to some legislation or they Mm. can go to the school council they can come to the media you know you've got kids now who are you know they'll go to the media if they don't get to go to the prom together right (laughs) you know that's 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 which is great but it's still small potatoes compared to what what it used to be like there is there's a lot of change happening i Mm. think i think it's this is the best time ever to be bullied (laughs) 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 if there was ever a time in history to be bullied this is it this is it (laughs) this is the peak Mm -hmm. this is a good time (laughs) good times But see, don't look, don't forget, teenagers will find an excuse to be miserable anyway. They're an absolute mess of hormones. You yes. me- I mean, you'd remember, you were a teenager, oh. right? You hate everyone, you hate yourself, you hate your body, feel disgusting, you've got all these emotions that you don't know what to do with, you, you're afraid... You think every, you know, you don't, you don't know if anyone's ever going to love you. <laughs> you think there's something weird with your genitals. You <laughs> smell, you know, it, it's it's kind of everything's amplified. Yeah, it's an so, awkward, it's an awkward phase uh, of life. It's I can't think of, yeah, awkward. Yeah, it is just the pits, and I think that's the thing. That's a, I think that's why why your book is just such a powerful thing. It's because it normalizes difference and yeah. it doesn't put difference it doesn't pit difference as a, a negative it actually highlights difference as a, as a potential quality and a positive thing that will transform and will have its day when it's ready I guess but it's also too which is great and thank you and I and I think it has had a lot of you know a lot of positive response but the thing is nothing is ever going to make being a teenager okay <laughs> Like, I'm serious about this. Even if you could wave a magic wand and go, there is no more bullying, no one will ever yes. say anything mean to anyone ever again, which is bullshit because mm. they will. But, you know, when you're a teenager and your mum goes, sorry, Beck, would you mind cleaning your room? And then you're just like going, you hate you, you don't understand me. <laughs> you know, and then you storm out and you take up smoking and you get a tattoo, right? <laughs> because that's what you do because you've got to have something to fight back against. So, so it's a right of teenagers yeah, they're so it sensitive. Really is. And it doesn't mean that bullying's fine, but what I mean is it's like that time, there's nothing that is okay. Nothing is right. Everything is wrong. Mm. And I think that's probably a message that needs to come through to teenagers if they're not already aware of it through their social media is that yeah. it is a terribly 
challenging time in the whole. Yeah, sucks to be you. <laughs> no one ever wants to go back to being a teenager, right? No, not I. No, nah, never. <laughs> hideous. Even if you're popular, it's hideous. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no and I'd love to read your book cover to cover. So I'll endeavour to do that. Thank you, Fiona Scott Norman, for your time and congratulations on the book. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You're listening to 2XXFM. on local current affairs program Subject ACT. That was the final instalment of my conversation with writer, performer and director Fiona Scott-Norman about her book, Bully for Them. Next week, we shift the conversation back to local politics when I speak to local community groups in the lead-up to the ACT election. Tomorrow, Doug Dobing presents Tuesday's edition of Subject ACT and coming up next, Community Radio Network's topical storytelling, All the Best. Tune in each weekday from 8.30 till 9am for more local current affairs on Subject ACT or listen live at www.2xfm.org.au backslash listen. Lovely to have your company today on 2XXFM 98.3, Subject ACT. I'm Becca Postorino. Enjoy your day.